This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. This compassionate Conservative government will do everything we can to get people through this crisis and this country will endure it and we will win. And if Putin thinks that he can succeed by blackmailing or bullying the British people, then he is utterly deluded. Boris Johnson has left number 10. Now Liz Truss has become Conservative Prime Minister after meeting the Queen at Balmoral. But it comes as homes across the UK are digesting the news that the ongoing apparent fault with the Nord Stream 1 Russia to Europe pipeline has sent wholesale gas prices up another 10%. Russia's saying full operations won't start again until what the Kremlin calls sanctions by the collective West are lifted. Now the embryonic trust government is preparing a package of measures reported to be possibly totalling £100 billion to help UK households and businesses. But Labour say the measures don't go far enough and repeating calls for even further measures, including a windfall tax on gas, energy and oil giants who are enjoying bumper profits. But what else? We need a longer term solution to look at renewables, to retrofit homes, to make sure that our energy is self-sufficient and that our own our homes are as uh, you know energy efficient as they possibly can be. There's been no plan from the Conservatives around that. Boris Johnson says we're going to have um, you know nuclear energy every year. Twelve years we've had the Conservatives in power and they've done nothing but create the crisis that we now face at the moment. That's Deputy Labour leader Angela Rayner. To discuss future challenges on the horizon and Boris Johnson's economic legacy, we're joined by the Evening Standards political editor Nick Cecil at Parliament and Johnny Marshall, a senior economist at London's Resolution Foundation. Nick, what are you reporting today on the front page? We've had the first signs uh, this morning on day one of the Liz Truss government over what her government will look like. And it's um, very much a big tax-cutting agenda, but also at the same time coming out with a huge package to help homeowners, households and businesses deal with the cost of living crisis by keeping down their energy bills. Now, energy bills were set to rise or still are set to rise with the energy cap being £1,971 now. That was set to jump to more than 3,500 in October. And that many households could simply just not afford that. And for businesses, the increases were even bigger, four times, five times what they've been paying at the moment. So the government, what we're expecting now is a, a huge package of help, possibly costing 90 billion, 100 billion. This will aim to keep down the bills, maybe to 2,000, 2,500 pounds for households. The exact mechanism we don't know yet. And also, crucially, we don't know how it will be funded, whether that was going to be funded through taxation, through borrowing, 
or through a scheme where you'd have government-backed loans to energy companies, they would cut prices now, but then claw back that debt over the next uh, decade or two. So we're still waiting for the detail. But what's clear from this morning, from what Cabinet Minister Simon Clark was saying on the radio, is that the Liz Trust government believes you can do big tax cuts as well as deal with the cost of living crisis. So is this the new administration trying to steal a bit of a march on Labour? Yes, it's similar to what Labour has been calling for. We expecting the funding mechanism to be different from Labour. Part of Labour's scheme to to freeze the energy cap would have been funded by an extended windfall tax. But it is is very big spending and it's very different from what Liz Truss was saying at the start of her campaign or or a few weeks ago, that she she wouldn't be giving any, quotes, handouts to people to help deal with energy bills. Now, what appears to have happened is that her team, she's been briefed on the realities facing the country by the civil service. They would have briefed both Ms. Truss's team and Rishi Sunak's team as a leadership contest for the Tory leadership and to be the next PM. So they would have suddenly realised actually this is the scale of the challenges facing the country. And so they, they both um, changed their plans and um, mistrust possibly more than Mr Sunak. What's the vibe been like around Westminster today? Well, it's very much a feeling of change. Boris Johnson gave a, a, a typical Boris speech as he left Downing Street before flying up to Aberdeenshire to go and see the Queen at Balmoral Castle. This changeover of Prime Ministers would normally take place at Buckingham Palace, but because of concerns over the Queen's mobility, uh, she stayed at Balmoral and Boris flew up on one plane um, and he was swiftly followed by Liz Truss on another plane. The weather's quite bad up there, so it's delayed and the transport arrangements. But now um, both Mr Johnson and Miss Truss have been to see the Queen and Liz Truss is Prime Minister. She's heading back to Downing Street and she'll speak to the nation shortly. And any thoughts on the future Chancellor? There's been plenty of buzz around Kwasi Kwarteng. My understanding is that Miss Truss is still uh, drawing up her new cabinet. Uh, some of the posts are still to be finalised, but it certainly looks very much like that Kwasi Kwarteng will be her new Chancellor. He's a very close ally. They live close to each other in London. Um, they once wrote a book uh, together back in 2012 called Unchained Britannia. And one of the key arguments in it was that the British work ethic needed to improve. And certainly they're promising a very radical agenda to basically to try and grow Britain's economy, which they see um, as vital, partly through tax cuts, partly through cutting many regulations, including on planning, for example. But they believe Britain's future lies in, in a dramatic improvement and growth and less focus on redistribution of wealth. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, the UK's Kremlin connection for gas prices, future financial challenges, and what about Boris Johnson's economic legacy? Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
Now we're joined by Johnny Marshall, a senior economist at the Resolution Foundation, about this financial energy aid package. What are your thoughts on how this could be paid for? I, mean, I guess in terms of who pays for an intervention like this, there's the question of who pays for it and when it is paid for. So looking at the first one, it can be it can be sort of charged to to sort of people and households either through energy bills which would be a more aggressive way of doing it than through, than through general taxation or it could be funded albeit probably only partially through a you know for example a tax on the sort of large profits that you see at various parts of the, the energy sector in terms of when people pay for it again that has sort of big issues if it was put onto borrowing or it was put into a sort of rolled up into a fund and put on future bills there's big fairness issues around people getting the benefits from this and you know their children and grandchildren having to pay for it for example. So there's not, it's not, a, not insubstantial amounts of money on the cards here, which is why more clarity on how it will be paid for will be very important on Thursday. And what about this bad news on Nord Stream 1? How's that hitting the UK? Gas prices in Britain are very, very strongly linked to gas prices on the European mainland. And gas prices on the European mainland are very responsive to the amount of gas flowing into the continent, large amount of which comes from Russia. So although we're not sort of physically dependent on Russian gas. We're not going to miss out on the actual molecules of gas coming into the UK through any sort of Russian shutdown. We are financially exposed to the cost of it. And this has been shown in, in all the sort of evidence we've seen so far where, you know, just because the UK doesn't really import gas from Russia, it doesn't mean that prices haven't gone up. Prices have gone up and they will continue to go up if flows into Europe are restrained or even stopped. European gas prices will go up and as such, British gas prices will go up. And that means that if this proposal does come to pass, if prices are capped and the sort of intervention is made at a wholesale level, then the bill that the that British state will be on the hook for will be dependent on gas prices. So if less gas comes into Europe from Russia, the build up for keeping our prices in the UK artificially low will be higher. What else looms on the economic horizon with those serious issues around services and the NHS funding shortfall? One of the main things to address that's much wider than the energy sector is the, the lack of economic growth in the UK and the fact that real incomes are falling as a result. This being that the country and people in the country are much poorer than they would have been had those trends not persisted. That means that when shocks like this do come along, the nation is less resilient, less able to deal with them. If our economy had carried on growing at the pace it had done before the 2008 financial crisis, then the country would be richer, households would be richer, and the shock like this wouldn't be as, it would be bad, but it wouldn't be as bad. So you know, a clear priority now is sort of snapping out of what's about 15 years of stagnation of no economic growth and starting to get the economy working properly again and finally johnny many thanks for your time with boris johnson making his exit today what sort of an economic legacy has he left us i mean i think in the in the sort of net zero world boris johnson leaves a reasonable legacy behind we've seen a huge shift in how the government deals with the issue of decarbonising, which had it happened 10 or 15 years sooner, again, would have meant this energy shock would be would be a lot lower. That's probably one of the main ones. But, you know, failing to turn this whole economy around so it did start growing and leaving at a time when economic forecasts are so gloomy where, you know, real incomes are going to be up there, the largest falls probably since records began is probably not an ideal legacy to leave behind. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.